0: What's going on, everybody? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Adam Ronis, and this is another edition of the Annie up Podcast here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. What's going on, Ronas? How the hell are you? It's week 10. We've hit the double figures.
1: Yeah, we're getting closer to the playoffs. A lot of leagues, only four weeks left. So making these critical decisions and adding players off the waiver of wire, very key right now.
0: Very key, and that is what we are here for, and that is what the theme of this episode is going to be, and that is the waiver wire. We're going to go position by position and talk about some of the players who could be found in a decent amount of leagues still. You never know. We realize that different leagues have different player pools, but we're going to give a generalization regarding players that could be available, and let's start at that quarterback spot there, Ronas, because when it comes to quarterbacks, for spot start purposes Is there a quarterback that you think is out there with a good matchup that we can use as a one-week Band-Aid?
1: Jared Goff could be out there. They're coming off a bye, and he wasn't putting up great numbers, so he could be out there in some leagues, and they get Seattle, and we've seen how bad Seattle has been against the pass. Uh, I don't know if Derek Carr is available anymore, but he's certainly an option. He's been able to throw multiple touchdown passes in every game this year except two. Uh, Baker Mayfield might be a decent option. I still am a little worried because the loss of Odo Beckham and he hasn't played well. But we have seen him play well against inferior opponents this year. Uh, He had that recent good game without Beckham against Cincinnati. And uh, we know the Texans are a defense that we can take advantage of. Uh, They've given up quite a few points to the quarterback position this year. Uh, Jake Luton threw 304 yards and one touchdown last week. So, uh, but we saw Rodgers throw four, Tannehill throw four. So, it is a defense that you could take advantage of. So, he might be available in some leagues. And uh, maybe even Tua, who was solid last week, and he's home against the Chargers. And we know Chargers' defense has been giving up production.
0: What about Drew Locke? I mean, again, we've talked about this before on various shows here that he's now had to get himself out of a little bit of a trouble when Denver's gone down, but going up against the Raiders here, he seems like a nice stream for this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably rostered in a lot of leagues because people have been using him over the last couple of weeks. I'm sure a lot of people used him last week uh, against the Falcons in a good matchup. So, you know, he's got five touchdowns over the last two games, even though The first half has been awful in both games, and it's resulted in him having to pass the ball quite a bit. 41 and 48 pass attempts over the last two weeks. So uh, the Raiders are definitely a defense that gives up yardage. So, yeah, I could see Drew Locke definitely being in the mix as well.
0: Let's continue to scrape to the bottom of the barrel. And again, I almost am nauseous bringing up this name, but it is a good matchup. And he's actually had a pretty good last couple of weeks. What about Nick Foles, Ronas? I mean, over 20 points in the last two weeks. Now goes up against Minnesota on Monday night. It's a good matchup for him, even though confidence doesn't come oozing out of Nick Foles.
1: Yeah, no. He will not be in my top 20 this week. Yeah, it's a great matchup, but... It was last week, too, and you could say, well, he threw for 335 and two touchdowns. It took 52 attempts to get there. So I honestly believe that if Mitch Trubisky was active and healthy last week, he would have started the second half. Uh, Foles was brutal in the first half. They fell behind, and they just passed and passed and passed. and allowed him to pile up numbers, but Vikings play at a very slow pace. They run the football a lot. They limit the opportunity for the opposition, So, uh, and the Vikings have been playing better football lately, so— Uh, I I don't want to trust Nick Foles.
0: What about Kirk Cousins on the other side of that matchup?
1: Yeah, no, same thing there, too. Uh, Now, I think maybe the Bears are going to try and slow down uh, Dalvin Cook and force Kirk Cousins to beat them, but uh, it's not really good. Uh, We've seen Kirk Cousins not come through. So uh, the Bears have been pretty good defensively this year, so uh, no on Cousins. It's just the floor is so low. I mean, he's been under 30 pass attempts every game this year except two. He has 34 pass attempts over the last two weeks. Now, a lot of that is Minnesota has played from ahead, Uh, but there's certainly the possibility they play from ahead in this game. And if they do, they're not going to let Kirk Cousins throw that much. It's pretty clear. I mean, they are a run first team and they still don't abandon the run even when they fall behind. So No on Cousins.
0: A lot of Dalvin Cook we've seen over the last couple of weeks. 88 fantasy points in total in PPR. Just incredible dominance. That's domination right there. Just like Rodas and Fenstey and Fantasy Alarm. Get with the family and you will be dominant as well. Before we switch to the running back
2: position, though, let's get a word from our sponsors. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh monkey has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and esports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP up one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks with a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> It's Ronis and Fetzee on the Any Up podcast here
0: on the Sawdust Podcast Network, talking about the waiver wire we gave some quarterbacks. Let's give some running backs, Ronus, because who should be the most prioritized running back that you've seen on waivers that we should be bidding on?
1: Uh, Duke Johnson, if he's available. Uh, now, we don't know if David Johnson will be out. He, it's a concussion. He could easily be cleared early in the week. He could be cleared by Sunday. So we kind of don't know, Uh, but he is in the concussion protocol and, you know, Duke Johnson's going to be the lead back. Now it wasn't the most impressive week last week, you know, 16 carries 41 yards, but he did find the end zone. We know he'll be involved in the passing game. This is against his former team. If you like the revenge narrative, there you go. He's probably available in a lot of leagues. And the bottom line is, uh, you know, there are some people who believe, well, Duke Johnson can't be a lead, lead back in the NFL. I don't think we've had enough of a sample size to see that, uh, but he's going to get that opportunity. And he had 20 touches last week. And anytime we have a running back that's going to get the backfield to himself, they're going to be in the RB2 conversation. And he had 17.3 points in a PPR format last week, uh, caught four passes for 32 yards. So you could expect similar numbers again this week. So if uh, David Johnson is out, he's definitely in the RB2 conversation. And he would be the guy to pick up the most. Mike Davis, obviously, if he was dropped, uh, we don't know about Christian McCaffrey' status for week 10. But if he's out, Mike Davis goes back into that role. And even though he has slowed down uh, in prior weeks, uh, still good volume. You know, Tampa Bay is a very tough matchup. They are excellent against the run. So Davis will have to get it done in the passing game
0: and don't oversell that matchup either. Okay. I mean, Hey, coming off the short week with Tampa, you kind of have to look at what you saw on Sunday night and you just have to kind of take it with a grain of salt here because they just got completely rocked. But we know what this defense can truly do. But Hey, Ronis, everyone has an off night. Even you sometimes, right?
1: No, I don't.
0: (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. I guess if I'm sick,
1: so I don't think I've ever called out sick though. At least definitely when I have worked with you, I've never called out sick.
0: No, but you've complained about headaches and stuff, but that's because you don't take any medication.
1: That's right. Medicine is bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a podcast on that. Oh,
0: yes, yeah, so of course. I can only imagine how much traction that would get right there. Other running backs that you could look to pick up that could be on the wire. I've noticed Joshua Kelly is readily available. and We just haven't seen that great performance yet. I mean, what's your confidence level? We saw Justin Jackson go down and then all of a sudden you would expect it to be him, but nope, it's Kalen Balaj instead. How are you handling Josh Kelly at this point?
1: I have him already on rosters. I'm just holding on to him. I have not started him maybe one time this year. So in deeper formats, I'm holding on. I'm not in a rush to go out and pick him up. Justin Jackson could return this week. Let's not forget either. May Pope, I mean, he was a guy that was getting heavily involved two weeks ago, and then he got hit late in the game and suffered a concussion, so he was out last week. But they were ready to give May Pope a, a decent workload. I mean, he, in Week 8 against the Broncos, he had 10 carries for 67 yards and five receptions for 28 yards on seven targets. So I think Pope moves ahead of Balaj if Pope's able to go this week. And he might even be ahead of Josh Kelly. Now, Josh Kelly did play more snaps and run more routes than Bellage but Bellage had the touches and scored the touchdown. So uh, it's a tricky backfield, but don't forget about Troy May Pope.
0: Don't forget about Pope. Let's talk about the Washington football team for a second, because it's not all about Antonio Gibson. I mean, on the ground, maybe, but I'll say this. I mean, JD McKissick, he does not get a lot of touches when it comes to rushes, but when it comes to receptions, though, I mean, targeted 14 times in week nine, nine receptions. He Just when you think you're out, he pulls you back in, in words of the godfather. What do you think about J.D. McKissick now going up against Detroit in week 10? Uh, yeah, he has a solid
1: floor. He's heavily involved in the passing game. He is kind of game script, game flow dependent. You know, this past week against the Giants, they were behind most of the way, and that resulted in McKissick being on the field more Also, Alex Smith took over at quarterback, and it looks like he's going to remain the starter. He loves to check down. So that's great for McKissick, who had 14 targets this week and nine receptions for 65 yards. So in a PPR format, he gave you 17.2. He's hit double-digit points in PPR formats in four of the last five games. The one game he did it was against Dallas. What happened in that game? They played from ahead. That meant he didn't get as many targets. He had two, uh, two receptions for 16 yards. So... That's the risk that you run. Stop now, trolling
0: league. me. I had him everywhere that week in DFS season long. And yeah, I said he's, he's he was not a not smash bot be... on this on shows. Dude, you're trolling me right now when it comes to now, McKissick.
1: I, I think DFS is real tricky to use him because he just doesn't have a high ceiling. I mean, he's not going to be a guy that gets you 20, 25 points. I learned I my lesson
0: that week. <laughs> I just don't
1: see the path. Season long leagues is different. Uh, you know, there are teams hurting at running back. I mean, he should have been rostered. Uh, maybe he was dropped because of the week eight bye, but I don't know why people didn't pick him up ahead of that. Uh, I have him only in one league, but he should be rostered in more leagues. But just understand that there's the ability for him to get six, seven points in a given week if Washington plays from ahead. And they are on the road against Detroit, but there's a chance Washington plays from ahead in this game. Uh, Detroit is not playing good football. So uh, there is a chance that maybe – Uh, They are not trailing or the game is close and you see more Gibson this week.
0: I hate having to rely on receptions from running backs. As someone who owns James White, it has not been fun in that regard. But we have to avail ourselves of any opportunity. Let's face it, the position is decimated in 2020. So who were we to be real judges? But that is where we come in. And let's talk about some of the other guys who maybe you could pick up for depth purposes, but still have some risk when it comes to starting. And two of those players, Wayne Gallman and Gus edwards Ronus.
1: Yeah, Gallman should have been rostered already. I don't know why he's still sitting out there. And I don't know if they will, the Giants, what they will do when Freeman comes back. Now, Freeman looked okay, uh, but Gallman's been pretty good. Although we do see Alfred Morris involved a little bit, uh, a little Deion Lewis. But Gallman has been touchdown dependent. You know, keep that in mind. He scored a touchdown in three straight games. And I hate when people say if you take it away uh, because he did it. But you look at the rushing lines, 10 for 34, 12 for 44, 14 for 68, nothing outstanding. Uh, And he's not involved in a passing game either. He was involved that first game against the Eagles. He had five for 20, but the last two weeks, one for 18 and one for nine. So that kind of lowers his floor. But if Freeman's out, he's the starting running back uh, that he's going to be in that conversation, uh, probably in the but really RB three. I don't think he could be top 24, so he's okay.
0: At the end of the day, though, I mean, depth purposes, look, we're losing running backs right and left, so we need all it takes is one injury, and all of a sudden, boom, maybe Gallman, though, we'll have to see, maybe Freeman, we need back out before he starts to produce, but you can't really rely on just the touchdown if you're looking to start. Let's go to the Rams running backs, because two of the Rams running backs of the three being utilized, you can find on waiver still, and that is, Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. And for those that are desperate to take Cam Akers, I almost feel like you have to be in the position where you're, you have a seven and two record and you have one rotational spot, but Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers. I mean, Henderson has been a little bit banged up. Are these two guys that you'd be looking to pick up to stash?
1: Not really. I mean, I have Akers in leagues that I drafted and I'm holding on, but You can't play him right now. He's just not involved in the offense enough. He's going to need an injury. But this is the time of year where you want those running backs that one injury in front of them, they move up. And preferably a guy that can lead the backfield. And we've seen several examples of that over the last few weeks from Mike Davis to Gio Bernard to Boston Scott. You just see how instantly the value changes. And even Duke Johnson last week. So that's why you want those running backs in your bench instead of. The Russell gauges and these scrub receivers who are really not going to win you your lead. You know, if an injury happens to Henderson, maybe they turn it over to Acres and he could win you your lead. That's why you want him on your bench. But he's not a guy you can start this week. And Malcolm Brown, you know, it's Henderson is the lead back in this backfield. They do sprinkle in Brown a little bit and he has gotten some red zone carries. But I would think Henderson is fine, especially with the Rams coming off a bye.
0: Any Dolphins running backs that you're looking to pick up with this system? It's so confusing, man. But anything that you saw that makes any of these guys stand out that are subbing in for Gaskin?
1: Not really. I mean, Matt Breida, if he's healthy, I would think gets most of the touches. But, you know, they're going to use Jordan Howard near the goal line. Uh, remember, they also signed DeAndre Washington, so he could be active this week. You know, Salvin Ahmed looked okay last week, but – uh that's the thing. It's kind of dicey with all of them. So I did pick up Breed in a couple of leagues last week. I'll just keep him on my bench. No way I'm starting him this week. Uh, but I do think that's a backfield where it has to be a real deep format. If you're going to add those players.
0: Yeah, we're going to go over some players who are good for deep leagues. And also players that you could find in more shallow leagues as well to appeal to everyone. And I say that as we shift gears to the wide receiver position. Because let's talk about Rodas. Hey, you want to talk about Addie Up? I Addie Up $20 because you, over the last couple of weeks, have been talking and singing the praises of Jacoby Myers over three and a half receptions. Eddie Up, man. I'm getting some Chipotle for a few nights here because of you, buddy.
1: Yeah, man. Just uh, like what I've seen from him for a couple of weeks now and He's been the guy that Cam Newton has looked for ever since Julian Edelman went down. I don't know why it took so long for them to play him, but I guess using him in the slot. And that's where Edelman was. But his target share over the last three games, 27.3%, 43.5%, and 40%. And, you know, big games. Monday night 12 for 169. So they don't have a lot of weapons in this offense. They're going to continue to look for him. So I did start him in several season leagues. A couple leagues I had him on the bench because I have pretty good options. But yeah, he's definitely uh, looking like a great waiver wire add. Still might be out there in some league, so if he is, I would definitely pick him up.
0: People let me tell you about my best friend. That's right. Jacoby Myers and Cam Newton seem to have a bromance going on there, Ronis, when it comes to who his targeted receiver is, his prioritized receiver. So when it comes to Jacoby Myers here, when it comes to percentage of budget, if you need a receiver, and I'm going to put you in a situation here. Let's say you need a receiver. You need a wide receiver three. You're desperate. Everybody else has either sucked or they've gotten hurt. And you have of your hundred dollar fab budget, you have about let's just say thirty dollars left, and you need the receiver. How much would you be willing to put in for Jacoby Myers in that specific situation?
1: Are there zero dollar bids or are there first come first serve ads?
0: There are zero dollar bids. Yes,
1: uh, twelve to thirteen. I might even go. I mean, again, it all—that's the thing with fab. I've always said this. It's one of the most difficult things to explain to fantasy players because there's so much context that's needed. What's your record? How badly do you need the receiver? You know, because if you're four and five, five and four, and you're battling for the playoffs, then you got to get the guy. Now it's not a great matchup this week, though. It's against Baltimore, uh, so we know how good they can be. But uh, I still will probably have him as a, a a wide receiver at three this week, I believe.
0: So temper your expectations for Jacoby Myers, but getting a lot of targets. What about Curtis Samuel? He's really picked up that production over the last few weeks, especially. And no, I mean, unlike other situations where we're talking about injuries, it's not really because of the injuries. I mean, we saw Curtis Samuel have a nice game, even with Christian McCaffrey in who caught 10 passes himself. But Robbie Anderson's still active. DJ Moore, we at least think he's active. I mean, I don't know what the hell he's kind of season he's been having. But what do you think about Curtis Samuel? Is that someone that you'd be willing to invest in off waivers?
1: Yeah, I think you have to at this point. I mean, we've just seen, you know, really good production for four straight games, double digit points in PPR formats, at least 20 points in PPR formats for two straight weeks, scored a touchdown in each of those games, season high, nine targets. And he's also involved on the ground. We've seen many games this year where he gets three, four carries. Doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, last week, you know, alone, you know, 13 rushing yards, all right, 1.3. The week before, 23 rushing yards and a touchdown right there. Boom, 8.3. So they're finding a way to get him involved. He has two rushing touchdowns in each of the, uh, of the last three games. And he has a receiving touchdown in the last two games. So uh, this is a week two. They're going up against Tampa Bay, which is staunch against the run. So I could see them trying to get him involved on some end arounds. And they're probably going to have to pass to keep up uh, with Tampa Bay. Uh, since Tampa Bay is tough against the run. So yeah, I think you got to pick him up if he's available.
0: So those two are going to be some hot pickups, but who else Ronas are you prioritizing when you're making your bids?
1: Jalen Rager. I was stunned at his ownership percentage. I think it was on Yahoo. It was like 24%. I, I don't get that. I know that he was coming off an injury first game. He had six targets, three catches, 16 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the fact that he was out there and healthy was the biggest thing, but the Philadelphia offense is getting better, and he's going to be a big part of it. They drafted him for a reason. and he brings that speed to the offense, so uh, maybe because they had the bye as well, but definitely like him. Uh, Alan Lazard could be back soon. Uh, so that really, if you need someone this week, probably not because we don't know his status, and it might take him some time to get involved. Uh, Tim Patrick could be out there.
0: I was just about uh, to ask you about him next.
1: Yeah, KJ Hamler is another guy. And, uh, you know, I, I do think the Jets' offense is going to get better. I was a huge Brashard Perryman fan before the year, and, you know, I had to cut him in a lot of leagues, but we saw that big upside with Flacco throwing deep to him, and even Denzel Mims I like. So uh, that's the first time the Jets kind of had their pieces together outside of Sam Darnold. But finally, we saw Perryman, Crowder, Denzel Mims on the field, and uh, it looked good.
0: Yeah, it did. But I'll say this they need to let Lamichael P. Ryan run more, they just need to give him the backfield. I don't know why yeah, the, they don't do that.
1: It's stupid. I, it's I don't so it. freaking but stupid. Look, they're tanking, though, and you want them to lose games. So as a Jets fan, you really can't get upset. If they no, keep I, losing. I understand
0: that, but, but you don't understand. I want to see encouraging pieces, though. I want to see P. Ryan, who's there for the future, not Frank freaking Gore, old man Gore. I know, Gore. it
1: makes no sense.
0: So, uh, yeah, it's just, it pisses me off because I want to just tell people to pick this guy up and stash. In a deep league, I actually have him stash, but they got to let the guy run. They just have to let him figure it out. Let him cut his teeth now while they suck so that next year he'll be ready to go. It's just so frustrating, but you're right. Very encouraging, though, when this Jets team is healthy, when the three receivers are out there, including Denzel Mims. Anyone else? I mean, we went, mentioned a lot of names. What about Zach Pascal?
1: No, I just, this Colts offense has been uninspiring. They spread the ball around. If I'm picking up anyone on the Colts offense, it's Michael Pittman.
0: What about from the Dolphins because of Preston Williams' injury? And this is, again, deep leagues, deep stash, What about Jakeem Grant?
1: Uh, 20 roster spots, maybe. I just don't see how you start him right
0: now. Right. And the one thing with Jakeem Grant also that just completely just takes me out of him, too. I mean, he's used. Would you say Jakeem Grant might be the biggest special teams threat in the league this year? He's Uh, one of them.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he's the biggest.
0: I'd say he's one of the biggest, though. He's had some very impressive runs off the catches there on special teams. Like I Yeah, no, he he's, he's been good. So, I mean, Jakeem Grant, I mean, again, I don't feel that this Dolphins team, I can't be confident in anyone, but opportunity should present itself somewhere or another. Let's hit that tight end position, man, because here I put together a list of names, and it's the same list of names you and I consistently talk about on our XM show, Alarm After Hours. And the first name that we got to bring up, though, Austin Hooper, he's still out there, man. I mean, is this the tight end? I'll give you the other names quickly. Jimmy Graham, Logan Thomas, Ross Dwelly, Irv Smith Jr. And Gerald Everett also made my list, but I wasn't that confident. But Austin Hooper, are you prioritizing him over those players that I just mentioned? Yeah, not even
1: close. Uh, He was starting to get more involved in the offense. And then Beckham went down. He's probably available in some leagues. I think in competitive leagues, he's obviously not. Uh, But we got to try to appeal to a wide range of uh, players. And Hooper had three straight games of double digit points in PPR formats before he had the appendectomy. It was really poor timing. He has uh, 23 targets in his last three games. Uh, Good matchup against the Bengals. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, that was before they have the Texans, Eagles, Jacksonville, Tennessee coming up. So still some good matchups. And. You know, with Beckham gone, that opens up a lot of targets. And I think you're going to see Hooper absorb them. So he's by far of that group, the one to add.
0: What about Jimmy Graham? Where's your interest level with him? The following targets that he has received over the last four weeks, eight, six, seven, and six again, he scored in week nine. But besides that, it's a lot of 33 yards, 34, 31. So it's almost like you need to touchdown. The targets are still there though. And, The Minnesota matchup is there. So the matchup should be there as well. What are your thoughts on Graham? Yeah, he's fine. He's going
1: to be a borderline tight end one this week. You know, they're finding a way to get him the football. You kind of want to see him score a touchdown, but there's always a shot in this offense.
0: What about on the other side of the matchup with Irv Smith? Where do you stand on him? Because again, I'm someone that focuses on the targets. He got targeted four times against Detroit. Did score two touchdowns, had only 10 yards receiving, did score those two touchdowns though. So moving forward, do you think, because we're talking Band-Aids here a lot with some these players, do you think Irv Smith Jr. has some longevity to him for the rest of the way?
1: No, um, there's one league where I'm kind of desperate. I lost Kittle, so I have him and Aiken, so I'm kind of relying on him. It sucks, but there's just no other options on waivers, and I had him on the team. So the problem—he's a very good, talented player. The volume's not there, though, and this is not a team that passes a lot. We said it before; they want to run the football. It's all about Dalvin Cook, and if they have that lead, they're just going to pass even less. I think Cousins has 25 pass attempts over the last two games, which is ridiculous. I mean, we see quarterbacks have 25 pass attempts in the first half of games <laughs> with the way the NFL has played now. So that's the biggest problem. Uh, but I do have leagues where I have Travis Kelsey on buy earth smith's my other tight end so i am starting him this week but uh you're really dependent on the touchdown because you could see we saw in week eight he had one catch for 16 yards so you could get that but the encouraging thing is he has been involved more than we saw earlier in the season he's got at least four targets and you know three of his last four games he's hit double digit points in ppr formats in three of his last four games so uh, maybe Minnesota's finally starting to realize, hey, we got to get him involved more. But still, it's just a low-passing offense. And you have Thielen, you have Jefferson. At least he's third right now. But there's just not a lot of volume there.
0: Yeah, Cousin's a hard guy to trust because the more he throws, then he starts getting his own head. He throws stupid passes and stupid picks. Any other tight ends that we should be looking to add? Any interest in Ross Dwelly or Logan Thomas? Um,
1: not really. I mean, Logan Thomas uh, with Alex Smith, maybe not as appealing. It seemed like he was starting to get more involved with Kyle Allen, uh, so he's got a downgrade. Jordan Reed only played thirteen snaps, so I need to see him more involved in the offense. So him and Dwelly kind of cancel each other out, and it's not going to be an offense we can rely upon. And with Debo Samuel and Brandon IU coming back. That might leave less for the tight ends.
0: Yes, and no Richie James. We, he might be a super freak, but at the same time, again, players were out. I am not chasing this guy. That is why he did not make the list. I know that when you see numbers like you saw, that's like the shiny new toy. Go beyond that. Look beyond that. Put the blinders on with him because, Rose, I know we're going to be getting a lot of questions about Richie James, and it's going to annoy the hell out of us. Yeah, I mean,
1: you want to put him at the bottom of the list for a dial, too, sure. But a lot of people are just going to see the stats from that game against Green Bay and probably watched it on that Thursday night like, wow, this guy's good. And he is. He's solid. But you got to remember, Brandon Ayuk should be back this week. Debo Samuel could be back. There's not, this is not a good offense with Nick Mullins at quarterback. And there's just not enough volume to go around. They can't support all those receivers. Debo and Ayuk are the two, if any, that you're playing on San Francisco.
0: He's Adam Ronas. I am Justin Fenceman. If you want to join our family, fantasyalarm.com slash Black Friday. It's our Black Friday special. $97, all our products through 2022. It's an amazing deal. We had it last year. We have it back again this year by popular demand. That is how you become part of our family, a family that sticks together, wins together. Ronas, fencey we always dominate. No other option. We just win.